Our Father, we come before you together this morning because you are worthy. You are worthy to receive blessing and honor and glory and power. You are worthy. The Lamb who was slain is worthy. We come before you, Lord, asking you to change our hearts. By your Spirit, awaken us. Lord, show us who you are and transform us by the renewing of our minds and the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've been some pretty incredible places in my life, but I would not have enjoyed them alone. Some of you maybe can relate. I've been to the beautiful white-capped mountains skiing on the slopes of Breckenridge. But I would not have enjoyed it alone. I had my high school sweetheart there with me for our senior trip. We enjoyed it together. I've been to Toledo Bend catching sakalay and bass. But I wouldn't have enjoyed it alone. Beautiful lake. But it wouldn't have been the same without my beautiful bride next to me, reeling in the fish. Right, Carla? I've been to the Carib Resort more times than I can count, but it wouldn't have been the same alone without my family splashing in the pool. I've been to the Grand Canyon and been wowed, but it wouldn't have been the same without my family around me, looking into the stars and seeing the beauty of God's creation. I've seen the beautiful Caribbean waters. It wouldn't have been the same without my church family there with me. I've seen some beautiful things, but, but I wouldn't want to see them alone. Because what makes it better are the people who are there that can share that experience with you. That's what makes those trips, those sites, all the more valuable. And praise God, I keep them as souvenirs in my head. This year we we speak of, or we, we theme, joy. We've talked about joy every week this year. We've defined joy, and this morning we look at joy with each other, joy in each other. And as we do that, I want to bring us to a place to where we look at what God's Word says, and specifically, much in the life of the Apostle Paul and John, the New Testament apostles, and how they saw joy and got joy from each other. And what does that mean for us today? Is there joy in each other today? So let's go back to our definition of Christian joy. Christian joy is different than the joy of the world. Christian joy is something that, that we've defined as this, a quality in us that is produced by the Holy Spirit that delights in God. Christian joy is a delight that is stirred up in us, wrought by the power of the Holy Spirit of God that brings us delight. This week is the 23rd, and that's the the Fiery Crab Day. You go to Fiery Crab on the 23rd, and you get buy one, get one free. Did y'all know that? 
I'll be there to have delight in my taste buds. But you know who I'll be there with? Me. <laughs> you. I'll be there with my bride. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open up to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 24. Brother Steve read that for us this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And it talks about the, the concept of the body. And that's where we're going to begin today is the root of what we, we uh, the, the foundation of what we're building upon this morning is that we, church, we are a body together. We are part of one another. And if you don't understand that or get that concept, it's this idea that if Ronnie is hurting, we're all hurting. If Ronnie's rejoicing, we're all rejoicing together. And let me lay it down to you in, in the, the, the passage from 1 Corinthians, starting at verse 24. Uh, but God has so composed the body, starting halfway through, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. That, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members together may have the same care for one another. As a church body, there is a care for one another. Verse 26, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and you are individually members of it. This concept is, is shaking for someone who doesn't understand what it feels like to belong. In the body of Christ, church member, you belong. And I have testimonies from some of you who say, look, I've lived a lot of years and I came into a church family and now I belong. And I say praise God for that because we are a group who is together. We are together. Oftentimes I have people asking or coming to me and saying, hey, I, I want to join the church. And one of the things I ask them, well, what does that mean? What, what, what does that mean? What does joining the church mean? And, and what that is, is it's making a, a commitment to the people around you to say, look, I know that we aren't blood, but, but we are family. We're together and we're going to commit to each other to being together. And y'all, it was such a joy to see the outpouring of love for Jeff and his family this week as they're facing a, a, a family difficulty and they're off to deal with it. And the church said, we want to support you and help you. It is a pleasure to see our benevolence committee come up regularly. And these, this team of folks that, that do a hard job for us, but who oftentimes take care of, of family members of our church who are in financial need. But it's not just that. It, it's seeing Tristan win a gold medal this weekend, right? Is that right? We rejoice with you. You're one of us, Tristan. That gold wrestling medal is, is part of us. We delight in that. I delight to see when, when the men are working, building sets around our, our church body for the passion play. You guys are, are there and, and we're there with you. 
And those screws you're screwing in with that drill, we may not all know how to do it, but we're there with you. You're part of us. We are together. It was a joy to go down the bayou last night at 6.30 and meet at Bayou Plaquemine Baptist Church where we played music together to lead worship tonight with six churches that believe the same thing, love the same Jesus, and have the same purpose to share the gospel with our community. We're going to all do it together. It's a joy to meet with the mission committee who says we want to support this group and that group. And we really feel like this group needs our support and we care for these people. So we're going to give financially to people on different continents around this world. We do it. We do it together. And, and you may not be at the LSU BCM this month when we feed international students, but you are there. Because it's your dollars and your prayers that are going to feed the international students. Probably about, there's about 70 of them that come every time we've gone. We do it twice a year as a church. We go to share and be a part of the greater ministry of sharing the gospel with people around the world who are on LSU's campus. We do it together. You may not be there when I talk with people about marriage and about what committing to someone the rest of your life is in marriage and doing pre-marriage counseling. You may not be there, but you are there because you're a part of me in that meeting when we're talking about what does a God-centered, Christ-exalting marriage look like. We do it together. This week, Mary named our senior adult lunch, and she named it Togetherness. We met this past Wednesday, and I was glad to be there and share with the group of what, what, how can senior adults minister to senior adults in this area? What can we do? And she named it the Greek term koinonia. Togetherness. Fellowship, And we talked about Acts chapter 6 when, when all of the saints had everything together. And they did it with the ministry of the word, with prayer, with eating together. And I said, look, this ministry you're doing is a biblical thing. You're eating together and doing what people do together. We do it together. And you know, I, we had a prayer request in, in our Sunday school class. Please pray that workers step up in the church. We have work to do, but we need more workers. We work together. Psalm 100, verse 2 and 3 says this, Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into His presence with singing. Let me, let me read that again. Serve the Lord with what church? Help me out. With gladness. That is with joy. That is with, with hope in your heart. That is with delight that is wrought by the Spirit. Christian joy. Serve the Lord with Christian joy. Know that the Lord, verse 3, know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who made us. We are His. We are His people. We are His people. There's a togetherness to that. We are the sheep of His pasture. 
We are the flock in God's pasture. Church, we do it together. When we do a funeral to bring comfort to a family, we do it together. When we cook food for each other at the Super Bowl, we do it together. When you scrub down mold off the doors, we do that together. When, we, when you preach at a sister church down the bayou, we do that together. We are a church. We are a body that does it together. And, and, and I say that's the foundation of what church is. Let me read 1 Corinthians 12, 26 one more time to you. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are a body of Christ and individually members of it. Church, the church is us. We are the body together. So what does it look like? What are some specifics that the Apostle Paul saw in and, and what motivated him to do church together? Because here's the, the, the thought, and a lot of people have is, oh, the church is a good thing, and I'm glad they do those things. I'm glad that the church is out there doing things. I've had people personally tell me, I'm really glad that y'all are doing the things that y'all do. And my, my thought in my head is, thank you. That means a lot. We could really use some help. <laughs> and I don't mean that in an ugly way at all. I'm, I'm truly grateful that people recognize what this church does. What motivated then Paul to, to do what he did? Or John? To undergo the things that he went. What motivated these people to minister to others that they believed so much in the church that they would give up their family time, their livelihoods, and their, their physical flesh and blood to pour into people? They believed in church. They believed it. Why? What motivated them to do that? Let's look. Philippians chapter 1, verse 23. Paul said this, I am hard pressed between the two. And that is to, to live or to die. To live, he said, would, I'd, I'd be of value to you. To die, I would go be with Christ, which would be awesome. He said, and I'm hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ. That's far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. You need me, is what he's saying. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress. And help me out. What's the end of it say? And what? For your progress and for your joy in the faith. What motivated Paul to not go and be with Jesus, which would be awesome, was that people there would have joy in the faith. When you're doing the things you do for the church, what is motivating you? Or, or may, maybe I could say it like this. When you're not doing what you are, aren't doing for the church, what's not motivating you? 
And the answer would be joy for those around us. It was Valentine's Day last week, right? I think it was last week. And I was with Eli. Eli was helping with a project on Tuesday. And I said, Eli, we got to stop. I've got an idea. I want to get your mother something. And so we stopped where, Eli? Remember the name of the place? Calvin's Market. And what did I get at Calvin's Market? You should know the answer to this. Chicken salad. My wife loves Calvin's Market chicken salad. It is known everywhere. And so I picked up a tub of chicken salad and Stacy's chips for her. And I put it on the table with some, some lemon heads and some chocolates, Lindor. And she walked in the door and went, oh, she was shocked because it was the 13th. I really got her. You know what I wanted? I wanted my wife to have joy because I like her. I do. I like her. I like her. I like her a lot. (laughs) When we love someone, we want them to be happy. And that's the way I could do it that day. So I did it. When we love the church, we want our church to feel blessed, happy, rejoice. And this is what Paul said. What does it for me? It's your progress and your joy in the faith. I teach Sunday school because I want my Sunday school people to read the word of God and say, this is good. I like this. God is good. Question for you. Do you have joy? Do you have joy in serving when you're typing in a spreadsheet for the church? Do you have joy in doing that? Because you know that that's something that... That is for the betterment of the people of God. Paul was all about that. I want the betterment of the people of the church in Philippi. Let me give you another one. Y'all still with me this morning? Y'all still with me? Look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Chapter uh, 3 verse 9. For whatever thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God. Paul felt a joy for their sake before God. As we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face. Now watch this. And supply what is lacking in your faith. What was Paul's desire? He had joy in serving them to supply what was lacking in their faith. Why do I stand up here every week and preach the gospel? It's not for a paycheck, by the way. It's for you. It's for you. Because I care about you. And I know that God has given me the gift and the calling To understand, study, break down his word and to communicate it to you that you might take it and not just sit on it, but take it and use it for what God has gifted you to do. I am here to equip the ministry of the saints and that is my job. 
You guys go do the ministry of the saints. You guys are the saints. Go do it. Let me keep going. Look in 1 Corinthians. Well, we looked at this one already. But, but let's look at it again. 1226. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Paul's desire was that, that we feel that we are part of the same body. If, if someone was honored, then, then great. We all feel it together. Well, the next thing is this. Um, How can we help each other? How can we help each other? And not only that, but how can we help each other and have joy doing it? Because there's a difference. Uh, Stephen tells me all the time, Wednesday's his favorite day because he gets to come and work at the church. Do God's work here. He has a joy in doing what God has called him to do. And I I believe that if we don't have a joy, then it's hard for us to continue doing what God has called us to do. Allison's right back there with young kids. And some of you say that might be torture with all the kids around you. But Allison, we talked about it this week. She says, you know, I really enjoy doing children's church. I really enjoy it. The things we enjoy, we do. All right? So what did Paul, the apostles, have joy in doing? Look at Philippians chapter 1. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, for you, for you all making my prayer with what? With joy. I don't want to see your hands, but how many of you have prayed for people in this room this week? By name. I said, I don't want to see your hands. But you can, if you want to. You can show your hand. Why would we pray for each other? Why? Because it gives us joy knowing that we are interceding for our brothers and sisters in Christ. For the betterment of Hilton or Aaron. Lord, lift Aaron up. Lord, give her strength to do the work you've called her to do. Give her joy, deep joy in what she's doing. He makes his prayers with joy. Why? Verse 5, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. There are a lot of people I don't pray for. Do you want to know why? Well, because they're not my partners in gospel ministry. They're not people that are, are, are seeking after God. That are in the work. And that's not to say we don't ever pray for non-believers. I'm not saying that. What I am saying is the people that I am moved to pray for are partners in the gospel ministry of work. So church family, look around. Pray for these faces you see with joy for each other. I hope that encourages you to pray for each other more and regularly. How else can we help each other in the body of Christ? We can pray for each other, of course. Secondly, how about our attitude toward each other? Look at what Philippians chapter 2 says. If there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation, any koinonia in the spirit, if if you fellowship with God, if you have any affection and sympathy, complete my joy. Or make me happy, y'all, 
by having the mind of Christ. And we studied this on Wednesday night, Nous Christos. We talked about the mind of Christ. Make me happy by having the mind of Christ. You want to make a, a church leader happy? Love Jesus. Think like Jesus. Act like Jesus. Oh, that, that just rejoices your pastor's soul when you love the Lord. It gives us joy. Why? Because we want you to have the joy that we have too. The joy that's in Christ. Now, let me take a quick aside here. Relationships in church are very important. And and we need to know how to have healthy relationships in church. So just a, a quick aside here. This passage in Philippians 2 is all about humility. Do nothing from selfish ambition or, or vain conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interest of others. Do you see the humility here in this passage? To have healthy church relationships, you need to know that pride is the enemy of your healthy church relationships. Humility toward others is what fosters good and healthy relationships. Look to the interest of others. Looking out for each other. This is what Jesus did for us after all, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Jesus looked out for our interest when he said, Father, not my will, but yours be done. When he bowed his head and said, Lord, I surrender to your will. When he got up, when he bore the cross on his shoulders for our sin, he was looking out for our interest. When he took the chastisement that was placed upon him, when he bore the burden for us, he was looking out for our interests. When he was buried, And he said, it is finished and breathed his last. It was for our interest that he bore the curse of death for us. And when he rose again on the third day to give us, the scripture says, new life, it was for our interest. Can we not model our behavior after the Lord Jesus and his behavior? All right. Moving on. How else can we love each other and find joy each other? Well, this is important. Watch this. Romans chapter 16, verse 19. This one you may not think about. Let me read the passage for you. For your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice. So that I what? So I rejoice over you. Why is Paul rejoicing here at the end of Romans? Why is Paul rejoicing? Because your obedience is known. You see it? Paul is happy that the, the church in Rome is being obedient to Christ. But I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent of what is evil. Their obedience matters. And church family, I want to tell you this. Your obedience matters. Do you know that your obedience matters to the brothers and sisters around you? 
Do you know that when you do the right thing, other people around you are watching? When you refrain from doing the wrong thing, other people around you are watching? Sometimes it just takes one person to take a stand and others will follow. When you are faithful to do what you're called to do, it matters to the people around you. The Lord is watching. Honor Him. And those around you will take note. You are an encouragement by your obedience to your brothers and sisters around you. And you bring us joy when you choose the right thing. John said the same thing in his gospel. Third John chapter 1 verse 3. For I rejoiced, I rejoiced, I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth. As indeed you were walking in the truth. They were being obedient and doing what God had told them to do. And John rejoiced. And look what he says in verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are what? Help me up, church. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are what? Walking in the truth. He had joy in the obedience of the people that he was ministering to. How can we give each other joy? Do the right thing. Be faithful. All right. I got a couple more. This one's important. We've talked about praying for each other. We've talked about being humble with each other. We've talked about being obedient to God. That all matters in the church as we do it together. Here's another one that matters. Your presence matters. Your presence matters. How many of y'all have heard the term an absent or an absentee father? You've heard that? Maybe some of you have experienced it, right? It's a reality. In the church, being there matters. Having a presence is important. And you know, let me take it this way. You may not even always say or do the right thing. But you're there. 2 Timothy chapter 1 says this. I thank my God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be what? That I may be filled with joy. I long to see you. I long to be with you. I can remember Allison and I used to go on a, uh, a cruise together around Valentine's Day. And it was a marriage conference. And we would come back. And it was so neat because when we would pull up in the driveway... Uh, we had been gone for th- four days probably, and the kids were all waiting, waiting. And they were looking out the window, and as we knew when we turned the corner, we would see them. And they would all be jumping up and down, just trying to contain their excitement. They do that today, too, when I come home. Not quite as, as excited, but they were there. And they were young, and they were excited because we were finally there. It's not that we didn't exist or they didn't think we existed anymore, but, but it's that we were there now. 
and there was an excitement as we pulled in the driveway, put the car in park, and then there would be a rush of kids to come see us. We were there. Presence mattered. Second John says something similar. Watch this. I like this one. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete or the fullest. Church, family, being there matters. Your presence at church matters. Or Zoom, FaceTime, and Facebook Live are a part of our regular lives. Your presence matters. So my encouragement for you this morning is show up, be a part. Don't be an absentee. Do it together. An absentee father is not functioning as a father. An absentee mother is not functioning as a mother. An absentee church member is not functioning as a church member. Be there. Be there for each other. When we gather as a church, set your schedule and be faithful to what you can be there for. Your brothers and sisters need you. Be there. And finally, let me give you this one. You matter. Know that you matter to the body. Philippians 4.1 says this, Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and I long for, you are my joy and my crown. You are my joy. You matter. Paul, speaking to the church at Philippi, said, You are my joy. You are my crown. He was speaking to real people. Don't ever think that you don't matter, especially in the church. You matter. And sometimes we get on the thing, well, nobody talks to me or nobody will talk to me or, or I'm, I'm, I'm all alone. Let me, if I may, in a kind and gentle and a loving way. If you deal with those thoughts sometimes, let me give you a way of processing that. And and here it is. That is rooted in pride. It's rooted in pride. And it's something that, that you need to deal with as a pride issue. And pray about. Think about that. They're not coming to me. Nobody wants talk to me. They're not conforming their daily thing around me. And really, the, the, in humility, what we would say is, well, how can I minister to someone? What can I do to seek the better interest of someone around me? You matter because you have a purpose and a role in the church. You matter. But you have to come in and, and, and do that and be a part of the work and the things to be done at the church. First Thessalonians chapter 2 says, 
For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before the Lord at his coming? Is it not you? Paul tells the church at Thessalonica, you are the joy. When Christ comes, I will say, look at the church in Thessalonica. For you are our glory and our joy. When Jesus comes, I'm going to say, Jesus, look at the church in Plaquemine. They're your people. They love you. And I'm proud of what they've done. And who they are. And how they live. If all of this sounds foreign to you this morning, um, maybe it's because you are not born again of the Spirit of God. Uh, If it seems odd to want to be a part of a church family and to give your life to the, the message and ministry of the church, if it seems odd to want to wake up on Sunday morning or come after work, you've worked a long day Wednesday and to come to church on a Wednesday night, to, to give your time and effort to what the church is doing or your money to what the church is doing. If that seems foreign, uh, it may be because the Spirit of God is not moving in you and has not moved in you. And maybe you need to, to, to look at your priorities. Uh, in our Sunday school class this morning, Paul told the, the people in Athens, he said, Jesus commands all people everywhere to repent. The time of ignorance is gone. Now Jesus commands all people everywhere to repent. And Pastor Stephen made the comment, he's like, you know, that, that sounds pretty bold. And I would say, yeah, it, it is. Jesus doesn't beg us to come and be a part of his work. Jesus commands it. So if you are in Christ, if you have been born again, Jesus is not requesting that you come to church and be a part of church. Jesus is not requesting that you be a part of kingdom work. He is commanding that as our king. And when I say God has called me, To be a pastor? He hasn't asked me to be a pastor. He has told me to be a pastor. And so I say, yes, Lord. At your command. If this morning you have wrestled with the Christian faith. Maybe you need to recognize first that Jesus Christ is the Lord of the universe that made every star, that made every inch of space, that made every ounce of matter. And he has commanded you to repent and believe in his existence and in his work at the cross of Christ. If you do know the Lord Jesus today and you've recognized that the God of the universe that loves us can also command of us and the God that commands of us can also love us. They're not mutually exclusive. 
I believe you will find the joy that God has for you in Christ Jesus. If you are lacking in joy, try it God's way. If you are lacking in joy, the joy that comes from each other in the church, try it God's way. If you are not motivated to do what God has called you to do, then you pray and seek God's face and humble your heart and fight pride and arrogance and learn to find joy that others around you will know and love God and that you are a part of that. You are valuable and important. Church family, this is for your joy that we do it together. Let's do it together. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we love you. We're grateful for the church. We're grateful for your spirit that you've called us to obedience, that you lead us and give us deep and lasting joy in service to one another. Lord, awaken us by your spirit to do the work you've called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.